Just right where you are, would you just invite him to talk to you? Maybe if you're feeling skeptical today and you don't feel like he's near, would you tell him that? Maybe if he's close, tell him that. Just tell him you're open to hear him. Father, would you surprise us today as we open up the word? God, we just hand this time over to you, and this is your words. God, I pray that I wouldn't get in the way of your words. I pray that you would speak to us. God, would you speak clearly to each person in the room as it's needed? Thank you that you do that. You meet us right where we are. And so, God, I pray that they would hear the tone of your voice. God, I pray that, um, God, they'd hear the intention behind your word. God, I pray that they would hear your voice of healing, of life, of, of wholeness. Speak, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you've got your Bible, we're going to be in uh, Psalm 103 today, and we're going to unpack a little bit of that first part of the psalm. But uh, hey, i got a question for you guys as we start. What causes a, a thankful reaction? You ever thought about that? Like what causes you to be thankful? What causes like a great thanks within you? What, let, let's, I want to hear from you guys. Like what, what is something that causes, if you can think about the cause of a thankful reaction. It might be hard not to think for a second, but like perspective. When things go your way, right? <laughs> I'm thankful when it goes my way. That's right. <laughs> Take, something Take something off your shoulders. I like that. That's good. When my wife when my, oh, come on now. Yeah. Come on, Mitch. <laughs> it's, the, it's the big things in life, really, that we're thankful for. Wait, what? That's right. Lack of deserving. I like that. That's good. Receiving. I love that. I had one of those uh, experiences of thanks this week, though. I got a call, and I am I'm giving actually lunch at KAC. It's our monthly lunch, and I get this call, and my wife is frantic on the other line. You ever get those frantic phone calls from anybody, and you're like, what am I about to hear? But my wife is, she's breathing deep. She can't catch her breath, and she's telling me, she goes, I, I was just in a wreck, and it's really bad, and I just hear my kids in the background screaming. Okay, they're just scream everybody's screaming, and that's what she says. And she tells me where she is, and she says, Come, come get us. And she hangs up the phone. And I was like, Wait, you could have given me a couple more details. And hold on, so like in my mind, you know what happens, like all, all of us, like you start playing out what could happen, right? And so I start building this mountain of a story in my life because she says, It's really bad, and the kids are screaming bloody murder, and she's out of breath, and I can tell, like. Did she not tell me something because something is really bad? You know what I mean? Like, did she not say what she should have said? And my mind is beginning to build this giant mountain of a story, and it's huge. And so I'm like, <laughs> what do I do about this? So I, I, I call, and I go, hey, is everyone okay? I think so. I'm like, okay, okay. No, no, we're good, we're good, we're good. You just come here. Oh, okay. I show up, and uh, the first person I see is my mom, and I'm like, well, I guess my wife called my mom first, you know, it's kind of strange, but turns out, here's the, cra here's the crazy part of it, and here's just like, I don't know, God does little things just to remind you, like, hey, check this out, um, so my, my brother's having surgery at Park West on his shoulder, and my mom is going to get him and uh, his wife some lunch, and so she goes to get lunch at Arby's, going to Park West, and she makes a wrong turn, and you know Mama Jen, like, 
That's what she does, you know. She just, she just cruising the roads, you know. <laughs> She's not here today, so I can talk to her, talk about it. <laughs> She's like me, though. I, I do the same. That's why we understand each other really well. So she takes a wrong turn, and she goes, I, I, I got to make this turn. And she comes out at the intersection where my wife is. I mean, like a minute after it happens. So like she is getting out of the car to check on my kids and my own mother drives up on the intersection to help her unload all these kids. I'm like, God, you're, you're different. Like, you just, you do like detail things that are weird in the mistakes, you know? But here, here's what, here, here's what I, I realized. Like I was so thankful when I realized the mountain that could have stood against me um, was actually not what I expected, or I received what, not that thing, you know? Like, the greater the mountain that stands against you, and you are blessed uh, with not that mountain, like you're blessed with something beyond it, or you're blessed with something less than it when it's better for you, you have this rising of thankfulness. So the mountain in my mind that could have happened in my life, the cost that could have happened to me, was so massive but what was handed to me was not that cost, but what was handed to me was a great blessing of just being like, thank you, Jesus. Everybody was fine. But if my wife's half a second faster through that intersection, I don't think my, one of my daughters is here, you know? Like, just thank you. What could have happened, that mountain is so massive, and I didn't receive maybe potentially what I deserved or what could have happened. I didn't receive that. I received something far different. I have a rise of thankfulness. And so as we unpack Psalm 103 today, uh, I believe it's, it's David's um, song of remembering, of recognizing uh, what stands against and remembering what is actually for us. And so as we unpack Psalm 103, we see all through the New Testament, there's repeated encouragements to give thanks to God. It says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is actually God's will for you. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the principle of this is not just a requirement of you. It's actually a response from us. So he's not just saying, hey, be thankful. Like, white knuckle it to thanks, you know? Like, just come on now. Come on. Be more thankful, everybody. What he's saying is like, actually, when you step into thanks, it's going to be the blessing for your life. It's going to actually bless you. It's actually going to fill you with more life, and it's going to help the people around you. I, was, I read this, um, this article, and it was super interesting, where it was a survey of 2,000 graduates. And these 2,000 graduates were told to write a cover letter and send it to their professor to get um, like corrected, reviewed. And so 2,000 people do this. They send their cover letter to be reviewed, and they ask their professor to please send back results. They send back the first results, and then they tell them to send it back again for a revision review. They send back the revision. 33% of professors actually sent that back. Then they experimented, and they asked the participants, if you would, would you say thank you so much for doing this for me at the end of whatever correspondence you made to them the first time? They said if, if they did that, 66% of professors actually did the second review. Look at the jump. Look at just what thanks does, how it transforms. I mean, anybody got like a heartfelt thanks this week? Like you got from somebody else, like not that you did it, but like somebody gave you a heartfelt like thank you. Like it's a, honestly, like there's a few of us, but like it's, it's honestly, it might be a rare occurrence a little bit, right? 
Like, thanks is not what we're experiencing. I don't know, maybe y'all experience a lot more than me, but like, I, I'm not, please. I didn't mean to sound like that. You know, I'm not trying to, y'all are wonderful. But you know what I mean? Like, the natural rhythm of, it, it's not just through the drive through at Wendy's, you know? Four for four action, four for 37. Yeah, everybody. I know. Thank you, thank you. Have a nice day. Thank you, thank you. But like the heart felt like it actually means something to you. That's a, that's a rare thing. But when it happens, what does it do for you? There's something that like, like man, come on. That was, that was awesome. So to give that away in the same way, to receive a blessing and to be a blessing, I believe that's what uh, God's calling us into when he says be thankful. It's not something to begrudging, be begrudging about. It's something that, hey, when you do this, you're going to experience the blessings. And so I just want to invite you to experience blessing. Be a person of thanks today. And let's discover a little bit how to be people of thanks as we step into Psalm 103. Y'all ready for Psalm 103? Let's go. Everybody ready? Y'all awake, right? We stayed up late watching the game, but we good. Let's go. Psalm 103, 1 through 5. Let's, let's read. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. That means my inner man, everything that's in my inner man. Bless his holy name. And forget not all his benefits. So he's, he's reminding himself. He's giving himself some instructions. Don't forget. Anybody forget you, you, you had this high experience with the Lord, and then you go, I will never forget this. I'm going to live in this moment for the rest of my life, and it's going to be wonderful. And then about a week later, something happens like that you don't expect, and you find yourself falling off of that mountain feeling experience, and you go, what happened, right? Anybody in the room forget? And then we start living in the remembrance or the memory of the thing that has taken over our mind in the moment. And Anybody? Come on now, five, five of us. Good. I'm, I'm going to catch up. Y'all all going to catch up here in a minute. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Then he starts talking through what the benefits are. So, hey, I want to walk through remembering today. Let's, let's remember together, and let's have a fresh remembrance. So today my prayer is that this will be a fresh revelation. It will be a fresh reminder that we can carry out of this place as a tool for us to step into praise, like deep, soul-filling praise. Here's what he does. He forgives all of my iniquities. He heals all of my diseases. You redeem, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. That word, the first word I want to I pinpoint is the, the word to bless. Um, bless the Lord. The word bless is literally a posture word. It means to kneel. When he says, bless the Lord, what he's saying is, um, I'm going to kneel in recognition and when he talks about bless your holy name, the word holy is to be set apart, is to be other than. And what he's saying is recognize who is great. Recognize who is set apart. Recognize who is wonderful. Recognize what is really, truly big in our lives. So come into fresh remembrance what's really big right now. For some of us, the thing that's really big in our life is the mountainous story that's been building up in our life. Just like the story I told you guys. And I want to tell you that is natural. That is normal. That, that, it's okay. 
but we can shift our gaze to go, that is a reality, but there is a greater truth, the truth. There is a, the one who is the ruler of heaven and earth, and it says, blessed, you are greater than the mountains that I face right now. That doesn't mean the mountain doesn't exist, but like you're the creator of mountains, so you're, you're way out there. So I'm gonna shift my gaze in the midst of this circumstance. I'm gonna shift and go, this is real, but you are real, and I know that your plan is good and you're for me. So I can praise in the midst of whatever is in my life right now. That's what he's telling us. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, all of my inner man, everything within me. Maybe some of you today are divided today. He invites you to take that divided self and bring all of your yes to him today. Here's the first thing that he asks us to remember. He forgives all. He forgives all. You might say today, well, Jay, I'm not, I'm not a very religious person but I'm a really good person. I'm good. I'm not sure I need all that much forgiveness. I, I do a good job. I'm very moral. But is that true? Imagine a woman. She's a poor widow, and she only had one son. She teaches him how she wants him to live, to always to tell the truth. Anybody else, your mom taught you to tell the truth, right? Tell the truth. To work hard, to help the poor, she teaches you how to be good. She makes very little money, but with her meager savings, she's able to put him through college. Imagine that when he graduates, he hardly even speaks to her again. He occasionally sends a Christmas card, but he doesn't visit her. He won't even answer her phone calls or letters. He doesn't speak to her, but he lives just like she taught him to. Honestly, industriously, charitably? Would you say that this is acceptable? Of course not. Wouldn't we say by living a good life, but neglecting a relationship with the one to whom we owed everything, that he was doing something commendable? In the same way today, God created us and we owe him everything. We don't live for him, but we live a good life, right? Like, is not enough. We all owe a debt that must be paid. Every single one of us. He's taught us the way to live. And the truth is, the debt was paid by the one who did it perfectly. Thank you. Second thing that he wants us to remember is that he heals all. And I, I believe that today that God wants to heal physical ailments. I, I believe that I've seen it in, in my own family's life. I believe that he wants to do that. But I, I, I believe that the greater healing that he uh, promises is the spiritual healing. And it manifests into physical. I believe he wants to heal our soul like the deeper man. And the physical healing, if physical healing happens is the proof that there is offered spiritual healing. There is proof that actually there is a spirit at work. I believe he wants that manifestation. I believe he wants to do that in this room today for those who will come to him. I believe he wants that. But this scripture says that he heals all our diseases. In his book, uh, Closing the Window, uh, Tim Chester, he shares a story. And he shares a story about people who struggle with pornography addiction. And here's what, in, some, in his book, there's a few of these excerpts, and he talks about these, these people, they, they made these comments, and, and they said, um, pornography has made me want to hide from God. 
It's made me doubt my salvation. And then the depression comes. And with temptation, or with depression, comes temptation to sin again. You've been in that cycle of whatever it is that you're struggling with, and you find yourself uh, getting a little bit down about whatever you're dealing with, and you find yourself falling deeper into what you hate because it's something that makes you get a little bit of reprieve from the feeling. Another person said, I feel like crap about myself. I don't feel worthy to serve God, and I don't believe that I can break the habit. I feel dirty, another person says, and unusable to approach God, unable to approach God after looking at pornography. So often I feel unable to come to him in repentance, even though I know that my sin is already dealt with. So like, these are believers, like, I I know the truth, but I, I don't, I still can't even receive it. I can't accept it. Like, I can't come to him. One person says, I couldn't talk with God about my problems. My picture of him was that he would accept me if and when I had scrubbed up enough, when I had fixed my problem enough. And some of you I know in the room today, I struggle with the same stuff. Like, I, I believe that. If I, if I can just fix it a little bit, then he'll be a little bit more happy with me, and then he'll start blessing or whatever it is. It's the natural But he writes, he says, Jesus lived uh, God's welcome to sinners. He embodied God's mercy. He was known as the friend of sinners. The religious people don't, didn't like it because it turned their proud system of self-righteousness upon, upside down on its head. But Jesus sat down to eat with prostitutes, adulterers, and porn addicts. On the cross, God treated Christ as a porn user. Do you know that? The scripture says that he became sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God. Now I want to add a personal note to this because that verse, we recite it and rehearse it and we go, yeah, that sounds awesome. But let's put, let's put the personal in this, in this for a second. Listen to this. Here's a paraphrased version of 2 Corinthians 5.17. God made Jesus, who never looked with lust, to be a porn addict for us so that in him we might become sexually pure. And if, you're, if yours isn't pornography, and I am in no way, I will, I will take Paul's words in saying like, so th- does this mean, oh, finally, I have the freedom to step into pornography and I can ride that train all the way where it goes. I don't believe if you understand this verse that you will want to do that eventually. But if you go, it will ruin your life. And he gives us warnings. Don't do it. Don't do it. I actually want to lead you into blessing. You think that's the blessing for your life? You're believing that's for a blessing. But it's not a blessing. It's a curse. It's a lie. Don't go there. Don't go there. But it's not to harm you or to hold you back. It's actually to give you a better life when he says don't. I want to give you the best life, he says. But for some of us, put your thing in there. What is your thing? Everybody, every, every one of us has one. Pornography is the easy one because of the percentage of users right now. And, and I guarantee you uh, it would be a large percentage of us. So when you personalize the gospel and when you realize that this is, is not just a blanket statement that is, it's got no face, it's got your face, it's got your junk, put your junk in there and, and, and see that. He never looked with lust. And he became an addict for you so that you might be a pure person 
He takes on your addiction and then hands you purity. <laughs> Not fair. Is it, in receiving that, does anybody feel a little bit dark for receiving it? Like you're like, I don't know, that, that don't feel right. You're absolutely right. Grace is crushing. And it offends you. It should. He heals all. And the healing balm of his grace is poured out over your life, declaring you not guilty. Now, go and sin no more. Receive that favor today. Receive, receive that every single day. And then watch how it begins to transform your desires because your affections will shift. You can't white knuckle yourself to change, but you can step into affection when you understand the truth. The affections of your heart will drive you to the action of your life. Understand this. If you're trying to change, you can only change through affection. And what Christ wants to do is replant your heart, give you a brand new heart and affection. But you have to come to him in the truth and then this will reshape your affections and then you'll begin to change. But if you just want to stop, I, I don't believe that you can unless your desires change. And that's a supernatural experience that he wants to meet you in through Christ. The third thing. After he heals all, he redeems my life from destruction. Isaiah 44, 22 says, I have swept away your offenses like a cloud, your sins like the morning mist. Return to me for I have redeemed you. The word redeemed means to compensate for the faults of something. It means to fill in the gaps, to pay the price. I have redeemed you. I've bought it. I've done it. So guys, are you trying to, are you trying to win his affection today in any way? Stop it. Bring all that you are, all that you have to the cross today and allow him to pay the price because he's the only one who can. Do you want freedom today? The only way to freedom is to come to Jesus. Give him your stuff, all of your efforts, and he will give you the freedom that you have so sought and fought for. The fourth thing that he uh, wants us to, to remember, and here's the remembrance, uh, he crowns you. Anybody, any Disney Plus members yet? Come on, Disney Plus, let's go. We broke the system. You know, we broke the internet with Disney Plus. Uh, <laughs> and Verizon, free for a year, anybody? Like, come on, thank you, Verizon. Yes, yes. As I think about, it crowns you. You know, before Frozen, we actually had a prince that could, uh, could rescue, right? Now that we got Frozen, we can't do that. We don't have a prince who rescues. Right? Some of you are like, this guy, he gonna step. I'm like, can, can I step in for a second right here? Can I tell you, um, if you've seen, if you've seen this, it's, I mean, it's, it's high, it's high propaganda. I, I'm, I love Frozen. I love the movie. Um, but the response is, um, in the in the olden days, the prince would come and he would rescue the princess, right? And everybody, every one of us who got married, you realize that I, I got my prince at first and he done screwed up my life. You know what I mean? They said happily ever after. And I got this fool. You know what I mean? Like, that guy can't change my life. Anybody, you know? Like, we say this every week. But, like, that's what, the, that's what Disney told us. That he was going to swoop in on a white horse and he was going to rescue me. And it was going to complete my life. Right? And then it was happily ever after. Anybody? Some of us still believe that. We, like, still have hope. Like, it's still going to happen. But now, see, we've gotten, we've gotten enlightened. We're smart. So what we found is a man can't do that. So we're going to do it for ourselves, ladies. <laughs> Don't need no man. I got myself. Got power. 
Here's the deal. Like, I'm going to step in right here. Um, neither side is right. Neither one. Neither. It was a lie in the beginning to say that somebody was going to show up and complete you and you were going to live happily ever after because he showed up and rescued from the evil grandmother. You know what I mean? Like, whatever it is. From your evil circumstance of scrubbing floors. And then you're going to go scrub his floor. You thought, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> This dude just saved me to sweep his floors. It's, it's funny. But you see, on the other end of things, you know how the world deals with it. Here's how the world deals with it. The, the world can't handle the problem of self. So what, what is the response? What we have to find is who's really wrong. It's not me, it's you. And so we begin to point fingers. Let's find the perpetrator. The fault, the illness was me. The illness was believing that something else would complete me instead of understanding that that story points to the perfect prince of heaven that will complete me. Both are wrong. But the world has a pervasive message that sounds so right because there is elements that are right to a lot of this movement. Gender equality. But what happens is Watch the pendulum swing. We've got to take the prince out of the movie. He has no role in the whole thing at all. That's, that's not true either. But the solution is not that she will rise up and, and pick her life up by her own bootstraps either. You will find yourself left wanting in that space as well. And you will get to the top where you want to get and you'll find that it's a lonely place and it's not what you had hoped it would be. See, we believe that if I just, if we could just get reprieve, if we could just rise up and conquer, then we would be whole. It's a lie. He says, I crown you. I crown you. Isaiah 61 says, I, I will give them a crown of beauty for ashes. Are you looking for a crown from somebody else today? I want to invite you to come to the king of the universe who says, I will take your ashes. I will take your problem. I will take your pain, whatever it is, and I will give you a crown of gladness, a crown of beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. Bring him your sadness. Bring in your, your sickness. Bring him all that you have. Whatever it is, bring it to him. And he says, I will replace it. I will call you something different. I will earn it for you. Stop trying so hard and bring it to me. And a garment of praise for a spirit of despair. If you're in despair, come to him on the cross today. And he will replace despair with gladness. He'll give you a reason to sing. I want to give you a crown of beauty for ashes. Number five, it says um, that he satisfies you. This is the last one. He satisfies you. Here's what I, I is fascinating. The psalm right before 103, uh, he talks about, he satisfies you in 103 um, so that your youth is renewed like eagles, right? But in Psalm 102, the, the chapter right before 103, here's, here's his words in verse six through seven. He says, I'm like a pel pelican of the wilderness. You ever seen a pelican at the beach? He's just standing there, you're cruising down. He, you look over, he's just standing there in silence by himself, right? And all of a sudden he just, mm, mm, mm. just lonely. David's saying, I'm like a pelican of the wilderness. I'm like an owl of the desert. I'm alone at night. I watch 
And he says, I'm like a sparrow alone upon a housetop. Look at this. One chapter four. Anybody feel like a sparrow on the top of a, of a house? You're looking out at this big world. You're like, man, I'm screwed. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just alone up here. And then one chapter later, he gives you this, this come, come and have your energy renewed like an eagle. But one chapter before, he's feeling like an owl, a sparrow. Do you feel like a sparrow today on top of a rooftop? If you don't today, I guarantee you there's going to come a day where you're going to feel that. And he invites you in the midst of feeling that to bless. So I, I feel that. I see the mountain against me. I'm looking like a sparrow on top of my house. Do you want your youth renewed like the eagles? Remember, remember. I want you to remember. Remember every day. You remember, Bless. Bless the Lord. Bring my soul back in. All of me, not a piece, uh, some of me is left and it's gone thinking about this and this and this. Bring it all, all of my inmost being, I bless your holy name. I don't, I don't know, I gotta be remembered, I gotta remember some things. I don't feel like worshiping today. I gotta remember every day. Sometimes I, I have to tell myself, remember why you're worshiping today. Bring yourself back into remembrance. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And everything that's in me, bless his holy name. And forget not all his benefits. Bless the Lord. Now start remembering. Oh, yeah, there it is. Now I can start praising. Now something starts welling within me. There's something alive. It's like a fire, you know? It's like you turn the gas on the fire. Luke 17, as we close today, is this beautiful story. It has this story about uh, Jesus walking between cities and these 10 lepers go looking for Jesus. They go try to find him. And they find him between two cities walking. And from a distance, they, it says, they cry out with a loud voice. Master, have pity on us. And they come and they basically ask Jesus to heal them. And Jesus says, go show yourself to the priests. And on their way as they're walking, these 10 guys are walking and they notice, they look down and they look at each other. And you can imagine they're like, you, 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 me. Something started happening. Like they start realizing they're, they're healed. They start jumping and screaming and praising and singing. And I mean, their shouts turn to shouts, you know. Nine of them, they continue their way. One guy stops right where he is. Says he turns around. And check this out. When he sees Jesus again, he greets him in a loud voice. That word is the exact same thing. But guess what happens to his voice? It absolutely shifts from ask, hey, I need your help. And it says the same shout turns to praise. It says he's singing songs to God because of what he did. And the scripture says that when he gets to Jesus, he recognizes Jesus and he falls down on his face. He blesses Jesus. He kneels. I recognize what you've done. I know, I know it was you. He falls down on his face. It's like it's something that's welled up within him when, it, when it's a reality of his life, you know? I can't help but sing. I can't help but praise. And then Jesus says something super, super interesting. Your faith has healed you. Go. I mean, wasn't he already healed? I mean, wasn't the physical healing, I mean, why is he saying it again? The word literally means like salvation, like change. 
What he's talking about is a deeper inner soul healing, like something on the inside has taken root and it's moved into action. Some of us need soul healing today. I mean, we know the truth, but we haven't yet really surrendered and brought it to Christ and said like, hey, take all that I am and I trust you, just like y'all's testimony today. That's the shift. That's when Christ enters in. That's when, guess what? A fire starts and he starts doing what he does. But it's not until the full surrender, really, I, I promise you. It's not until the action. Faith that works is dead. It's the, it's the surrender of things. It's to go, I'm letting go. I don't want control of this anymore. And I'm not bringing you together something cleaned up that I'm proud to bring you. I, don't, I got no choice. I'm bringing you filthy rags, which are my good stuff. I'm bringing all that I am. All I got is my sickness. Jesus, can you take my sickness? Jesus, can you take my mess? If you'll surrender what your mess before trying to clean it up, I promise you he'll clean it up and turn it into something you could have never thought of. Bring it to him today. I want to invite you into that right now. If that's you today, and just like this leper, you, you know, you see, you experience, you feel all the weight of what feels so dark or big in your life, it's massive. And you don't see a way out. You don't see how to heal yourself. You can't get it right. I don't know how to do this. If you've come to a place of the end of yourself today and, and you need to encounter Christ right where you are, I'm gonna ask that you would stand up today and I want, I want you to come here and I wanna pray over you. Is there anybody in this room today who's like, I'm kind of at the end of myself and I keep trying and I'm trying, I'm trying and I need to hand over the big thing that's mounted up. It's like a mountain against me. I'm gonna ask that right where you are, you can thank the Lord if you need to thank him, just step into the blessing him. And if, if you're not in the place of just thanks and you need an encounter with him, would you, would you stand today? Would you come here? Is there one today? There's a mountain against me. There's a mountain against me. In the meantime, while God deals with us, uh, would you, just like the leper, if you're saying he has healed me, then in the same posture of response, would you begin to remember and would you call your whole person into, into the praise right now? All my inmost being praise his holy name. Everything that I am, I'm stepping in right here. And maybe right where you are, like I'm gonna invite you into the, just the experience of worship. Maybe you need to bow like as a physical like move. You need to kneel. Respond and worship in this moment. Let's respond to him. Is there one, is there one? You feel like a mountain is against you right now. And I, I just, I, I need to respond and I need to move toward him. By faith, by faith, 